0: to the Voice of Aged Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Badgick smith and in over a decade, I have supported hundreds of older adults to improve their well-being in late life. This podcast offers an authentic insight into aged care, practical tips, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person needs to feel heard, loved, and understood, And it is my mission to halve the depression rates in Australian aged care facilities by 2022. I went shopping this morning and I I realised at the shops that they've already started to put out their promotional Christmas stuff. And often working in aged care and visiting facilities, one of the favourite topics for a lot of people is talking about Christmas and in particular about their favourite Christmas memory or Christmas traditions. And I guess that's one type and form of Reminiscence that older people, in particular, like to engage in is reminiscing about their favourite Christmas holidays or favourite Christmas traditions, and there's just so much power in in reminiscence. And today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about what reminiscence is and why it's so powerful. You see, a lot of people think that you need to have special skills and qualifications to to be able to engage in reminiscence and there really are two main requirements for this very powerful non-pharmacological intervention for well-being number one you need to have the time and number two you need to have good listening skills when we talk about time it doesn't necessarily mean you need to have hours and hours and in to talk to someone but even if you just give them a few minutes of your undivided attention, it can be so powerful. And it's really good to incorporate reminiscence when you're doing something else with the older person. For example, if you're taking them for a walk, if you're attending to activities of daily living, such as personal care, or if you, if you otherwise need to keep them occupied, you can definitely improve your communication and your engagement with the older person by enjoying some reminiscence. And the second skill, as I mentioned earlier, is that you need to have good listening skills. So this means you need to really, really be mindful about your active listening. So instead of asking questions on top of questions, just really listening to the story that the person needs to tell you that they want to share. Because half of the time you don't know how the conversation is going to lead or what what aspect of of their memory they really want you to know. They might be very focused on sharing with you about the weather at the time or about the people that were there or they might want to really talk to you about some obstacles that they've overcome if the car broke down on their way to a family gathering. So allowing the person to share their experience without any judgment or any pressure allows for reminiscence to be fully engaged and for all for the, the person to share the story that they wanted to share. There's lots of other skills that you need for reminiscence but it's not tertiary qualifications and it's not something formal. So it includes skills such as empathising, attending, being available to people, relating sensitively, being non-judgmental not being frightened by the expression of painful emotions. So sometimes people might want to talk about something that was particularly pay- painful for them. So, for example, if a relative didn't turn up to the Christmas gathering. And the other very important skill is that you need to show interest. So you can do that with your nonverbal language by looking at the person, by being able to, you know, fully engage with them, let them open up and share the story Sometimes I remember very much with my grandfather, even though he didn't have any cognitive impairment, he just loved to tell some of his stories over and over and I know that my mother and my auntie would often shake their hands at heads and they 'd go oh that 's not how it happened but the point wasn 't really about giving you know eyewitness account of the past. it was so much about what the experience meant to him and how he interpreted it it 's not about getting you know the right version of the story, and I know with a couple of my clients as well, when they had their travel stories, they've really enjoyed retelling certain travel stories over and over and I know I had one client who absolutely loved to talk about her trip to New Zealand and how important it was for her and they, She traveled a lot and she did a lot of trips within Australia and overseas, but for some reason, she really was taken back by New Zealand and she loved to tell that story over and over so when we incorporate reminiscence with all the people we need to think about how we're going to go about it because reminiscence is a broad term and there's quite a few different types of reminiscence that we could do so we might just do some simple reminiscence which is very easy and straightforward so it's not, it's not structured it doesn't really require any autobiographical storytelling. The person is simply describing events from their past with a little cue or direction from other people. So it's really beneficial still. And the storyteller really shares the experience in imp- interpretation of events. So it's you know, you might want to pick up a photo and look at it and say, Oh, who's in this picture? Or you might, you know, ask them to share with you their favorite memory from their birthday or Christmas or it could be something else but it's allowing them to tell you the story and being able to listen and often I I suggest to people to just start out with that type of reminiscence. You don't want to get in too deep. The other types of reminiscence are a bit more formal so it includes life review and you might want to look at different stages of people's lives and how they've used coping strategies which they got over the years to overcome the challenges so live review looks at the balance between conflicts from the past and to see you know their life in the balance between feeling gratitude for what they've achieved with all the people it's often about you know living a long and healthy life and reducing those feelings of despair So life review requires a little bit more time than simple reminiscence because with life review, you'd want to focus on different stages of the life such as, you know, who were their childhood friends, what level of schooling they completed, employment history, their hobbies and recreational activities. How did they transition from employment to retirement for a lot of people, that was a very big stage in their life when they stopped working. You might want to talk to them about their family, their marriage, their children, major lifetime achievements. So with life review, you not only need a bit more time, but you need more structure so that you can systematically put together all these pieces of information as you go through it. And life review can also be offered in a third type of reminiscence, which is life review therapy. And this is a more structured intervention, and it's really beneficial for people who have depression. It's beneficial in the sense that older people are experiencing improved mood based on recollection of their past memories and achievements in life. Now, in my experience, I've done a lot of simple reminiscence and life review, both with individuals and with groups. And in my experience, it has been exceptionally beneficial for older people who just move into an aged care home. And this is one of the modules that I include when I offer my group program to aged care facilities to run on site because I think that reminiscence is just so powerful and very, very beneficial way to look at the strengths that older people have and focus more so on their resilience and their individuality rather than their disease, their disability and the reasons why they've come into care. For a lot of people, one of their most cherished possessions is their memory and the experiences. And often what they tend to do is to keep memorabilia that reminds them of very important life stages in their room. So it could be things like photographs, it could be achievements, it could be something that they've done themselves. It could be a painting that they did, or it could be, you know, a photograph of them climbing a mountain. You know, it could be all sorts of different things, but it's it's so powerful because it's very individualized. And I know I've quite often said this But I think that it's really important when we think about older people and personalising their bedrooms in the facilities to make them more homely and allowing them to bring their own paintings or their own items which hold such significant value to them. And so I've seen it quite a few times, you know, people are coming in the first day, they're taking out the paintings that are (laughs) around in the room because often facilities have some generic paintings that they just put up to decorate the room because it, even having something in there looks better than just having completely empty. And not everyone decides to bring paintings and, you know, paintings were perhaps not that important in their lives. So, you know, they've got other items, so they might decide to choose the paintings to keep them there. But it's more so about just allowing that individual to, to express themselves, their story and, and their life through different materials and different belongings that hold that value for them. So, I know that reminiscence is very important and it's so powerful. And the reason I really want you to, to think a bit more deeply about this is that it's not only beneficial as a preventative measure, but it's so beneficial for people and their well being. And their mental health. So research has shown that reminiscence with people who have depression is beneficial both on -on one-on-one basis and in the group setting. Reminiscence encourages individuals to identify recollections of successful past problems and skills which can help them overcome the challenges that they're currently facing. Recently, I saw a gentleman in an aged care facility and I know that, that he looked to be asleep many times when I tried to see him. And so I didn't want to wake him up. You know, it's not a nice feeling to be woken up and saying a psychologist wants to see you, especially if I haven't met him before. I, I haven't been introduced to him. And so I encouraged the staff member, if they could perhaps help me, to make sure that this gentleman was awake for my consultation. The staff said, oh, you, you know, you might have trouble with this gentleman because he's hard of hearing. And so when, when I actually got to see him and we made sure that he had his hearing aids on, he actually opened up to me and he said, you know what, I, I'm not actually sleeping. I'm just just daydreaming and closing my eyes to take me away from this place. I just need that time to think about happy memories and times when I wasn't in ill health and when I was travelling the world and visiting all different countries. And so I'm not really sleeping. I'm just thinking of these memories. But I don't have anyone to share them with. And that was so powerful for him to share that experience with me, having just met me, and tell me exactly what was on his mind and what he was thinking We had an incredible session where he shared with me his life journey, difficulties that he's had in more recent years, difficulties accepting being in an aged care environment and the ways that he could see how his mental health could improve. He was able to identify it himself. He mentioned things such as if someone could help me go for a walk, I would like to do that. I'd like to learn more about what's on offer here in this facility. And although he, he had quite a lot of chronic pain and disabilities and, and setbacks, he still had that motivation to get going, to get up, and to explore the environment. And in this instance, reminiscence really allowed him not just to identify what was happening in his past, but was also used as a coping strategy to pass the time in his current environment. Reminiscence is really powerful because it confirms a sense of unique identity and it encourages feelings of self-worth as well as assisting the process of life review. So it encourages open communication and aids assessment of present functioning and it can also help to inform care plans. It really helps to involve all the people in decision-making and planning for their cares and not only just incorporating their physical health but also their emotional well-being and their lifestyle choices. So with this gentleman, it was really powerful to know what was important to him, what memories held a special place in his heart and it could help the lifestyle team of that facility identify activities that could be suitable for him. So this was not a case of a gentleman who was depressed with hearing loss. This was a case of someone who was completely disengaged. And I guess because he chose not to wear hearing aids, he just wanted to tune out and be able to think about past memories without any disruption. I don't have any problem hearing him or vice versa. So my, my message to you is really try and incorporate it. See how you go. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you how you get on with reminiscence. I know that a lot of people use it from time to time in very brief forms, but you will only get better in it the more you do it, the more you practice it. And I know that with older people, you know, in particular if they've got sensory impairment, it can become a bit more difficult, but you really need to look at the individual As a person rather than their disability. It's very common for older people to have hearing loss, declining vision. And that affects them and their confidence, their motivation. They might also have low self-esteem in fear of making fools of themselves or being a burden to others. So it's really important to give them a chance to share their experiences with you. Even if they've got sensory impairment, they can still share what's, you know, happened in their life and what they're very proud of. So it's really important to put the person ahead of their disability and to think of the individual and their life experience rather than what has happened in their health in more recent years. So with people who have sensory impairment, you you might need to look at ways to have, um, you know, brighter rooms, larger writing and different multisensory triggers. Reminiscence has also been shown to be very beneficial for people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds as well as those who have terminal illness or who are going through grief and loss. So there's multitude of benefits that can help the older people and I think it's just about trialing it and encouraging it and incorporating it from the moment that the older person moves into a facility right up to their death. You can reminisce about different times in their lives. You can reminisce about different stages of their life. You can reminisce about pleasant memories, about challenges. There really is no right or wrong way to go about it. And you'll be guided by the other person in terms of what works and what, you know, what helps them. I have embedded reminiscence in a lot of my training courses because I think it's a skill that can be used by anyone who works in aged care and so I have quite a few different reminiscence templates to help people start having those conversations and know what questions to ask and and how to engage the or the person because you really need to know the type and format of questions that will open up those discussions. And you'll be amazed at just how much resilience and strength comes out of those discussions. I didn't realise when I was going to see that gentleman who who was quite depressed that reminiscence was so important to him and in his life. So sometimes you can be taken back by the individuals who engage in reminiscence. You can't just kind of think ahead of it, oh, you know, would that person like it or will it not? It really is quite unique and that's so beautiful about it because you never know how, how much someone might benefit from it. So I hope this has inspired you to give it a go. And if you're already doing it in small doses, I encourage you to just keep going with it and use it in as much of your work as possible, because it is so powerful, it is so effective, and it's so easy to do. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care Done and Dusted. Be sure to become a subscriber on your podcast app of choice so that you don't miss out when I release the next episode. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. So please leave a rating and a review too. Over on my website, wisecare.com.au, With one click, you can grab a copy of my three top downloaded wellbeing resources. Let's face it, sometimes we can get stuck when it comes to wellbeing in older adults and I want to give you practical strategies to deal with this. Go to wisecare.com.au for a free copy of these three amazing resources. See you in the next episode.